and welcome to another episode of the Tennis Fanless Podcast. Sasha Zverev is your champion in Madrid. A little bit of a surprise. Um, and as ever, to join me to talk about it, uh, swapping the voice recorder for the video camera yesterday, Marcus bringing a good little video update on the tournament on our Tennis Fanless Twitter page yesterday. And, and he's joining me now, hopefully not too upset after his team very narrowly missed out on the playoffs at the weekend. Uh, no, I, I, I'm raring to go as ever. Um, hopefully it was nice to put a face to the, to the voice. Anyone that's seen the video, um, if you haven't, yeah, go over to our Twitter and take a look. Um, but no, I'm, I'm all good, you know. It's a fresh start now and uh, hopefully we can get a good pre-season in and kick on next year. Okay, I mean, I was going to say starting in Madrid, but I suppose there's not really anywhere else to look, really, uh, with the only action coming from Madrid last week. And uh, the German, Sascha Zverev, winning his second title in Madrid, uh, coming back from a set down to beat Matteo Berrettini. He won 6-7, 6-4, 6-3, uh, losing that first set tiebreak 10-8. So a really good recovery from Zverev. Uh, there have been question marks in the past over his sort of mental game on court and whether he's got the ability to really bounce back from a from from a losing position and and this was a, a really good a really good example of, of maybe him being able to come over that hurdle just a, a, a bit of background on that uh, before this finals Verev was zero and six in finals after losing the first set and, and Berrettini had never lost a final after being a set up so uh, both men experiencing Something new in in that uh, in that final. Um, it was a great week for Alexander Zverev. Didn't drop a set on the way to the final, beating Kane Shikori, Dan Evans, and then Rafael Nadal. The standout win, um, just fantastic. I think he only dropped serve once in that whole match against the Clay Court King, six four six four, and then coming through against Dominic Team, who who was on his return, six three six four in the semi final. Um, so really, in, until that first set tiebreak against Berrettini, it was pretty much a flawless run to Zverev and something that perhaps I think both of us are a little surprised about. Yeah, I think I'm probably relieved more than I am surprised. It's definitely not uh, a run that I saw coming, particularly the loss to Ilya Vashka in Munich made me sort of think, whoa, like, what is going on here with Alexander Zverev? Because it, if you take out Acapulco, as I've said before, he's, he's had quite a disappointing year um so to get this under his belt in the in the lead up to the french open is massive um and yeah i mean i had him to go out to nishikori in the second round so for him to go on all the way and and, and lift the title did to, to come as a bit a bit of a surprise to me i love that stat that he said about his first comeback uh win in, in a final i think that just speaks to the the courage and, and confidence that he was able to draw on throughout the week and um yeah obviously those wins against nadal and, and even Dominic team probably do stand out, even though he managed to do them without without breaking too much sweat. Um, of course, managing to get them get them done in straights. But no, it was a much needed week for for Zverev because people that have been following him closely have been struggling to really see um, his credentials in, in terms of pushing that big four that we talk about with Medvedev, Team Nadal, and Djokovic at the moment, and obviously sits the pass on such a good run. 
as important for Zverev to throw his name back in the hat. And uh, yeah, hopefully this will get his confidence up and, and he can produce some, some better form and, and such that he did show in Madrid in the French Open. Yeah, certainly. I think a massive confidence booster for Zverev. He's definitely a player that I think needs some momentum. I think if he was going into the French Open without really any good runs on clay, which you could probably say is maybe his strongest surface. I, I think with Zverev, he, he perhaps could be sort of termed as a bit of an all-rounder, but uh, he has had some some really good results on clay in the past. If he'd gone into that French Open without any real runs on clay, uh I think it would have been really hard for him to translate that into a, a good run. Um, he won the Italian Open in 2017. That's obviously the tournament starting this week. Um, and he he is playing that. So uh, he'll be hoping that he can really carry that momentum forward and, and maybe even make it back-to-back titles. I mean, that's a huge ask. But if he could do that, then he completely throws his name in the hat for, for those being talked about to challenge Rafa at the... French Open, he'll face Hugo Delian in, in the second round of Rome uh, later today, I believe that is. Um, and the other finalist, Matteo Berrettini, after winning the Serbian uh, Open a couple of weeks ago, that was a real sort of comeback result for him and, and really carrying momentum on to this tournament in Madrid. Uh, he had a, a really good run to get to the final, beating compatriot Fanini in straight sets and beating the very informed Del Bonis in straight sets. Um, had to go three sets with Christian Garin, um, but did only actually drop three, three games in those last two sets. And then beating the very impressive Kasper Ruud, who we'll go on to talk about uh, a little bit in a second. But uh, firstly, on, on Berrettini, Marcus, um, really, really important week for him. I, I think um, just... The, the couple of weeks that he really needed, it's been a pretty tough year for Berrettini. And, and as we've said in the past, really favoured by the new rankings position. That's why uh, the new ranking system, sorry, that's why he's been able to maintain his position. Um, but he's now actually starting to look like the player that we did see a couple of years ago. And, and, and I'm actually starting to think maybe he will be able to maintain that that top 10, top 15 space for, for a little bit longer. Yeah, I completely agree. Once once he gets that forehand popping, it's very hard player to deal with. Um, the, yeah, the form he showed, I definitely think that he could, it'll be a player that will sustain top 20 if he can carry on this run. Obviously, he likes it on the clay. Um, he's proven that in, in, in his career up to this date. Um, but, you know, he's definitely a player that can transfer across all surfaces. He's made a US Open semi-final. Um, so, yeah, it's really good to see. Obviously, we spoke about how he was outside the top 200 in the year-to-date rankings for 2020. So, um, you know, to get that title in Belgrade, I think, would have given his confidence a massive boost. And then, obviously, making the run to the final here in Rome, I think, you know, he had a much easier run than Sasha Verev. It was a nice part of the draw to beat Fonini, Del Bonis, Garin and Rude. I don't think any of those players are inside the top 20. Rude might have maybe edged into it uh just this week after after getting those semi-final points in Madrid. But, you know, for him to take advantage of them, you know, those are matches, all four of them that he loses last year for me. Um, so, yeah, it's really good to see. I think the clay courts do suit, suit his game. And I think he's a player that I'd, I'd look to to at least make the last 16, maybe even the last eight at the French Open, if he can carry on playing the way he is. And obviously, you know, he pushed Zverev more than any other player along the way. So I think he deserves credit there. 
as well. Um, so, yeah, really good vibes about Berrettini. I'm, I'm so glad he's back. He's a great player to watch. Um, and I'm sure he'll be raring to go on, on home soil in Rome this week. Yeah, well, interestingly, um, he'll be facing Niklas Basilashvili, uh, playing him this morning, actually. So by the time this episode's out, might have finished. Um, and I, I had gone with Berrettini to win that match. But Marcus, interestingly, is backing his man, Niklas Basilashvili, who he's, uh, he's done well out of, to be fair, this year. He's got quite a lot of uh, predictor points through the Georgian. Uh, so I'm very much hoping the Georgian doesn't... Uh, lose me more points and then Berrettini can come through that match um, as Marcus said on on home soil um, so yeah two players in the final they're really striving in the right directions Verev um, extending his record now against Berrettini to 4-1 um, so good good record to have that uh, going through some other players to talk about and really want to start with Kasper Ruud uh, the 22 year old has made two consecutive Masters semi-finals after he beat uh, Diego Schwartzman, Pablo Crenibusta and Fanini on the way to the Monte Carlo semi a few weeks ago. Um, and then this week, coming through against uh, Orge Aliassime, Nishioka as a lucky loser, uh, before the real standout win against uh, Stefanos Tsitsipas, uh, 7-6, 6-4. Uh, and then beating uh, Alexander Bublik uh, in straight sets. He's really on form at the moment as well. But before the semi-final against Berrettini, Kasparu did not actually drop serve at all in those four matches. I mean, that's a, a brilliant stat for the young Norwegian player, uh, having not even dropped serve to the likes of Sitsipas and Orgeli, uh, you know, really talented players. Um he obviously went on to that semi-final and lost 6-4, 6-4 to the inform Berrettini. But two back-to-back Masters semi-finals for Rude. Um, he loves the clay court surface. Uh, obviously, we won't talk about whether he can transfer that onto another surface yet because we're very much, uh, you know, we're still in the clay court swing and, and, and heading into Roman, uh, the French Open. How are we feeling about Casper Rude if he gets a a good draw at the French Open. I, I really think we could be seeing this guy run quite far into the tournament. Yeah, not getting too carried away, mainly just as I don't, I don't think we've seen him do it on, on the biggest stages before. Obviously, Masters level is definitely a step up uh, from doing it at sort of 250 and then 500. Um, I'd mainly look look at the draw and see Kasper as a player that the big, the big guns will want to avoid. Um, because of his ranking, there's a good chance in second round or third round he could end up with one of the sort of top 10 players. He's shown that he can beat Sitsipas. It wouldn't surprise me if the Greek was a little bit uh, tired. He's had, a, he's had a busy few weeks, but, you know, that's an excellent win. One of the, one of the best wins of Rude's career. But, you know, if, if he can end up facing Djokovic in the third round, second round, or even Nadal, I could see him being one of the players to push one of them to five sets in one of the early rounds. Um, so, yeah, it's a real banana skin of a player that the other players will want to avoid. Um, I'm excited about him as a prospect. As I, I think we discussed a few weeks ago, I'd still like to see him be able to transfer his skill set onto more surfaces than just the clay courts, which is such a big percentage of his ranking points at the moment. Um, but yeah, Kasper has got he's on really good form at the moment. Um, if he can continue to beat the players that sort of around his level, like Felix Auger-Alias seem and Alexander Bublik, then maybe we can see him break into that top 15 by the end of the year. But, you know, I still have my reservations about his game away from the clay courts, but we won't have to worry about that for maybe the next month or so. So, um, yeah, no, it's looking really good 
Um, in terms of the French Open, I think, yeah, I, I expect him to reach the point in the draw where he plays a big player. Um, and then it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. But yeah, he's definitely going to be a great player to watch on the clay courts, if not anywhere else uh, in the years to come. Yeah, I think um, I think it was in his match against Bublik when I was watching the stats they brought out in the, the second set. It was his first backhand unforced error uh, in the whole match. Uh, and this was quite late in the second set. And he'd only made two unforced errors on the forehand. And I do think... This is maybe why Rude is a much stronger player on clay, perhaps. Doesn't quite have the sort of venom uh, in his game. He's very much kind of a, 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 I don't want to say a safe player, but, um, you know, he's not making too many errors uh, on the clay. And I, I wonder if maybe that's why we, we can't see him translate it onto the hard court or grass as of yet, uh, with obviously that being a surface where you've really got to go for it a, a little bit more and, and use the... Um, you sort of your power and everything. Um, but Rude and Djokovic uh, in the third round of the French Open is definitely a prospect that uh, I would be very excited for. So uh, something I would like to definitely see come up. Uh, we're just going to rattle through uh, three more players uh, and I'll come to Marcus on them. Uh, Dominic Team, uh, it was his first action in almost two months uh, after a believe it was a, a small foot injury that he had. Uh, he looked impressive in Madrid, coming through against Marcos Giron, the American, uh, only dropping four games, then coming through in straight sets against uh, Alex Dimeneu, who did push him, 9-7 uh, in a tie-break in the first set. Uh, and then um, team had to come from a set down against John Isner, who uh, a player who I know Marcus isn't the, the biggest fan of the whole sort of the, the big serving game style. I, I would have to agree with that a little bit. But the player who did actually have a surprisingly good week is now I think making the, the, the uh, did he make the semi-final or the quarter-final? Um, quarter-final, yeah. Um, yeah, of course, sorry, I've got a uh, team team beat is there in the, the quarter-final. And then a uh, team went out 6-3, six, 6-4 six, to Zbera in the semi-final. So I think a really encouraging week for Dominic team. Uh, after that little injury, because I think we we are a little bit used sometimes to seeing team if he's not confident, we that that sort of uh, demonur isner kind of matches are matches that we've definitely seen him lose in the past at this level. Um, Alexander Bublik made his second Masters quarterfinal of the year, coming through against uh, Martin Fuksovic, uh, Denis Shapovalov, and then the big win in straight sets against the man of the year, Aslan Karatsev. Uh, that is a fantastic result for Bublik. I, I didn't see any of this match, so I'm not sure if maybe Kratzev didn't quite uh, get get the guns firing in this match. But um, you know, a fantastic result for Alexander Bublik, who's by far having the, the best year of his career at the moment. Um, and he lost in the quarterfinal to Kasper Ruud uh, and has lost already this week in Rome to Marin Cilic in three sets. A result that uh, surprised me, actually, but perhaps Bublik just a little bit tired. And the last player we just wanted to highlight, um, Alexei Popyrin, the young Australian who actually uh, beat Bublik in the final of Singapore earlier this year. Um, he came through qualifying, beating Korea. I mean, a new name for you here. Uh, he beat 18-year-old Arthur Kazoo of France who had come through against uh, Sebastian Calder in straight sets um, in the qualifying, not a player that I am aware of uh, or seen play yet, but um, Arthur Kazoo, 18 years old, if he's beating uh, Sebastian Calder in straight sets, uh, then I'm sure he's someone that 
presumably he's going to be getting a wild card into the French Open. It'll be interesting to see how, how he gets on. Uh, back to Poppy Rin, he came through against Yana Struff. Then a great straight sets win against Yannick Sinner. I'm, I'm disappointed in Sinner with this result, really. Uh, it's one I would have expected him to come through, but perhaps just saving himself a little bit more for this week with it being his home tournament before Poppy Wren gave Nadal a good match, actually. Um, 6-3, 6-3 in the third round. Uh, I've, I've got a feeling he might have taken the Nadal serve uh, once or twice in that match. Uh, I haven't got that in front of me, so could be wrong on that. Um, but, but but a good week for Alexei Poppy Wren. Uh, he lost in qualifying for Rome to my shark of uh, Poland, I think. Um, and uh, he, uh, my shark will play Shapovalov today. As I'll just go back to Marcus um, on on those three players. Anything you want to add? Yeah, definitely. Really, really strong weeks from Bublik and Popirin. If uh, anyone's missing a bit of Gael Monfils, I know he's back this week in Rome, but I think the sort of languid. Uh, make it up as you go along style is definitely present in Alexander Bublik's game. Uh, great player to watch. And obviously the win against Karatsev really stands out. I think he's a player who can probably match Karatsev for power. If anyone can, I think Bublik's got a good chance. Um, but it really was a, a great win there. And then, yeah, mainly just want to touch on Dominic team. I was really impressed with his return, you know, three wins and a, a run to the semi-final upon his run is is definitely uh, above par for me. I think the Isner match was tricky, isn't it? Obviously gave uh, Andre B- uh, Rublev so little to work with and ended up beating him along the way to that quarterfinal. And he probably served just as well against team, but team used his experience, had more ideas, was a bit more creative than, than Rublev and was bet- certainly better in his return games um, and, and was able to come from behind and get that win. Obviously, Alex Diminor can be a, a tricky one on his day. But uh, yeah, an, a, another good win. So yeah, I'm feeling good about team. I thought he looked pretty fresh. I know Sasha Zverev swept him aside in the end, but he's definitely a player that's got more miles in the tank than team uh, at this point. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how team gets on this weekend, Rome. And I'm feeling a lot more positive about his French Open prospects than I was before seeing what he looked like out on court. So yeah, very, very good to see his return. What a player he is. Yeah, completely agree. And just uh, another word on Alexander Bublik, um, who you mentioned there. One thing I really like about this guy, um, seen it quite a few times recently, he's very warm at the net, even after a loss. You know, he's very, very complimentary of his uh, players' game. You, you always hear him when the camera goes in on them, uh, shaking hands or, you know, I know they shouldn't really be doing that at the moment, uh, but but uh, talking at the net. And he's always very complimentary of, of the player who's, Beating him, I know a few weeks ago, he was very complimentary of uh, Yannick Sinner, saying that uh, he was just a bit surprised by uh, how good Sinner was at, at such a young age. And I think he, he said something about how you're not even human or, or something. But it, it's nice to see Bublik doing that. I, I think it would be nicer to see more players doing that, actually. Quite often you get to players just putting their heads down the net, you know, very quickly off the court. And I get, obviously, in a loss, it's always a bit hard to take. Um but uh, that, that's one quality I really like about Bublik. Um, he, he, his heart and soul is always in the match. You know, he, he puts everything on the line. He really goes for it, even with the slightly unorthodox style. But uh, even after a really tough loss, he will really give it and hand it to his opponent for their performance. And, and that's something that I wished we saw a little bit more of, but uh, something that stands out really nicely in, in Bublik. Um, I, I did notice that uh, this week uh, when he lost 
to uh, Casper Ruse in the quarterfinal. Uh, very, very complimentary. Um, okay, so moving on to the Italian Open. Uh, the last clay court masters tournament played in Rome, of course. And I've, I've got some scary statistics on this one. Uh, I'm going to open this discussion up with a little bit of trivia for Marcus before I go on to um, to, to talk about uh, it. But um, Marcus, have a little guess. At the last year, there was a final in Rome that didn't involve one of Djokovic or Nadal. Um, I mean, the last Rome final I remember watching, I don't think I watched the one last year, was maybe one the year before that, which was between Djokovic and Nadal. So um, there's not one that springs into my mind straight away. So I'll go for maybe Andy Murray met Stan Wawrinka there in 2012. You're out by eight years. 2004 was the last time not one of these men made the final in Rome. Uh, honestly, I think a bit flabbergasted with that stat. Um, that year, uh, Carlos Moya beating David Nalbandian uh, in, in f- uh, winning three sets to love it. That was when uh, Masters uh, finals, and I, I don't know if it was just the finals, but uh, they, they were best of five sets back in 2004. Um, so since the best of three format in the Masters, we, we've never seen a Rome final without a Nadal or Djokovic, I think that's just crazy statistic. It's, I think, probably the clay court tournament Djokovic has had the most success at, winning it five times. Nadal's won it nine times. Uh, there's only two other winners uh, since 2004 uh, who came in 2016 and 17 when uh, Murray and Zverev uh, won the tournaments, respectively. Uh, but, of course, as I mentioned, uh, I think uh, Djokovic and Nadal were in those finals. I think Murray beat Djokovic. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, who's there a beat but um yeah a, a fantastic stat and a real sign of the, the absolute dominance of these two players um you know Nadal winning this tournament nine times actually sounds a, a little bit lower compared to some of the tournaments I think he's won even more times than that so um yeah just just absolutely crazy statistics on that um so yeah of course those two uh playing no Federer for this one um even though Federer is playing the French Open, I still believe um, he's going to maybe... Look, oh, no, I think he's playing Geneva, actually, which is a, a tournament in between uh, Rome and the French Open. So he will get a little bit of clay court practice before. But uh, as normal, we'll go through with our quarterfinals. Um, I'll start off with mine. Uh, at the top of the draw, I've got Novak Djokovic to face Stefan Sitsipas. Got Sitsipas to come through against Berrettini the round before. I think Djokovic has got a nice first couple of rounds playing Taylor Fritz today uh, and then a, a second round with uh, likely probably one of uh, Grigor Dimitrov or Davidovich Fakina, Cam Nori in there as a qualifier as well. Uh, in the second quarterfinal, Dominic team to face Andre Rublev. Uh, team I've got to continue his good form, making the semi-final this week actually. Um, again, probably he's got maybe a kind draw, although he is playing Marton Futsovic in the second round, who came through uh, losing just two games to Yoshihito Nishioka yesterday. So the Hungarian uh, really not messing about in that match. Could be a bit of a, 
a tough test for team. Uh, Rublev has, has got to come through against uh, potentially uh, Christian Garin or Batista Agu in the, the third round. If he gets there, he'll face uh, Jan and the Struff, I think, tomorrow. Uh, the third quarter final, I've got Diego Schwartzman last year, a finalist. He beat Nadal at this tournament last year. Uh, a huge win at the back end of last year when the tournament was moved. Um, really showing signs of a player who can beat Nadal on clay. Um, and, and he went through to lose in the final to Djokovic. I've got him to face Aslan Karatsev, who I've got to beat Daniel Medvedev later today. That's going to be a really interesting affair. The two Russians against each other, of course, Medvedev. Uh, got the the higher ranking, but um, Karatsev probably having the, the better year and Medvedev not a, a clay court player at all. And then on that last quarterfinal, I've kind of backed him again. Pablo Carreño Bista, I've got to make the quarterfinal. I got him to make the, I think, semi-final last week in Madrid. Uh, he let me down, losing to Del Bonis in the first round. Nearly let me down in the first round here, losing the first set to Laszlo Gier. Um, but managed to get through that one. And he faces Kai Nishikori today, which is going to be a, a really, really interesting match. And Zverev in that part of the draw as well. So it's going to be a big ask for, for PCB. But um, I'm hoping that uh, he can get through. And of course, I've got him to, to face Nadal in the quarterfinal. We're just looking a bit forward. I've got uh, Nadal to beat Sitsipas in the final. I have gone with Sitsipas to beat Djokovic, even though Djokovic has a really good record at this tournament for clay court. Um, I just haven't seen enough from him on, on a clay court yet this season. And Sitsipas has looked very good. I think he'll be a bit more refreshed after a, a bit more rest last week, uh, after going out early. And uh, yeah, very much hoping Sitsipas can, can go forward. Yeah, just the one difference, actually, then, uh, in terms of my quarterfinals. Obviously, Djokovic sits a pass, but I do have Djokovic to progress to the final. I really hope this match does... Uh, materialise. I think we'd learn a lot about both players. I think Sitsipas, you question maybe his, uh, his in-game problem solving when he does come across a player that's got the better of him in the early exchanges. Obviously, that comeback against Nadal in the Australian Open maybe stands out as a coming-of-age coming win. But I think Djokovic on a clay court might even... I think he'll be fired up for that one. Yeah, he likes sort of punching down these new guys and I think he'd love to do that to sit pass in this Rome quarterfinal. Then I've got team versus Rublev. You know, a familiar matchup and definitely one we're going to be seeing plenty of in the rest of the year. Uh, and then Diego Schwartzman versus Karatseva, as you did. I think this is the week for Schwartzman. He's really struggled uh, since the start of the clay court season. He hasn't really lived up to the hype, obviously, reaching the French Open semi-final this year. But I think maybe Rome can be the place. You know, he's got some good memories after, as you mentioned, beating Nadal there last year. A nice run, I suppose. Big serving Auger Aliassime early on. And then Goffin, uh, to, to, if, if, um, if Goffin does... does uh, make that pathway um, and then yeah I think Karatsa very lost to last week in Madrid but I think maybe going back and uh, assessing where he went wrong I think he can go one better and get that win this week and then I do have the Madrid champion Alexander Zverev to make his way to the quarterfinal to face Rafael Nadal um, I kind of wish I'd been a little bit more bold with my predictions just for the sake of having something different but I couldn't write him off, sadly. Um, so I have gone for Nadal to beat Djokovic in the final this week. Um, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, Djokovic with, I think, just two clay court tournaments, losing to Evans in Monte Carlo and Karatsev in Belgrade. So he's definitely in need of a run um, in terms of his French Open preparation. And yeah, I think obviously he's had 
plenty of success in Rome before, so I think a little bit boring that Djokovic to the final might end up winning me this uh, this uh, tournament, but uh, I think that is a good opportunity for him to, to get some wins under his belt and get some positive momentum going ahead of Roland Garros. Yeah, definitely going to be an interesting watch. Uh, as ever, another tournament on Amazon Prime. So those of you with access to that, uh, you can be watching that this week. Um, I think mean, that's pretty much it for today. Uh, I haven't got anything else to say really on uh, Rome or Madrid from last week. Um, Marcus, thank you very much for joining me. Thanks a lot. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, really looking forward to this one particularly those quarterfinals really do get the juices flowing if they do come to pass uh, so yeah just enjoy the tennis everyone yeah we'll see you next time stay safe